Welcome to Speaking of Partnership, the show that brings you the personal partnership stories of experts from all walks of life so you can turn their stumbling blocks into stepping stones to healthy, long-lasting partnerships. I'm your host, Ken Bechtel. You know that the partnership game is not easy, but it is beautiful. If you find you're struggling with attracting or maintaining partnerships, go to speakingofpartnership.com right now, click on the big red tell me more button, and start creating your ideal partnership today. Now, let me introduce you to today's guest. I am super excited about today's show as every one of our guests from this week has provided us with bonus material. This is what we call Follow Your Yes Friday. In the 20 years that I've been doing research and working with partners and, and, and relationships and men and women, one of the things that I've found missing in many partnerships is, well, we tend to forget or maybe we just neglect to follow our intuition or what I call our yes, that gut feeling that tells us, here's what your next step is. Instead, what happens is we we tend to be in our partnerships and we're operating solely from our head. We're analyzing everything. We're disregarding just what our gut's telling. Sometimes we do pay attention. We we recognize that yes, that, that instinct, and we start to follow it. But here's the trick. We tend to not really own it. We don't defend it. We don't we don't set our boundaries with conviction. And this results in us abandoning our yes. We ultimately end up proceeding in our partnerships based on somebody else's yes. They put theirs on the table and we just go, oh yeah, that's good. And we go with theirs. What we're going to look at today, I've asked every one of our guests about their yes. Not just when they followed their yes, but also when they haven't. What happened when they didn't follow their yes? They didn't follow that gut feeling that said, oh, this is what you need to do next, and instead went strictly off their intellect and their analyzer and said, nope, nope, that doesn't pencil. I'm going to keep on this path. We've got information from every single guest that you heard this week that's going to help you understand the power of following your yes. Now, here we go. Dr. John Gray, the author of the most well-known and trusted relationship book of all time, Men Are From Mars, Women Are From Venus, shared a story of when he did not follow his yes, and it led him to a brief marriage that ended after two years. Well, John, your interview was amazing. Thank you so much for all the incredible information you shared. I would love it if you would help us to illustrate one more thing. And what I'm talking about here is the importance of of following your yes, your internal guidance, that that internal system that we have that tells us what our best next step is. And where I'd love to start is if you would share a brief story of a time when you did not follow your yes. Maybe at that time you you didn't really realize there was a yes, but looking back, you're like, wow, well that, that was so clear. My gut was telling me exactly what to do, and I still didn't do it. Tell us about that time. Well, I'm going to do two situations. Uh, one comes, because we're talking about partnership, I guess I'll do that one. But then there's other forms of partnership that aren't just intimate. But before I married my wife, Bonnie, uh, I had a big yes. I wanted to marry her. But there was another woman in my life, Barbara. And Barbara was really uh, uh, was a big yes, too. Um, 
she was pursuing me. She said yes to everything. You know, it was hard to say no to her, but my body kept saying yes to Bonnie, uh, but and and no to Barbara. But Barbara kept coming back, offering you know yes to everything I wanted, and <laughs> and so here was somebody who was pursuing me. That was Barbara. And and it kind of made me say yes. And then there was Bonnie, who I just wanted to marry. It was just a big yes. Well, I ended up leaving Bonnie for Barbara and marrying her for two years, and then realized that that was not that was not the right relationship, and and healed my heart. It was a, a failure, and I, I took it hard. And then one day, I just remembered I happened to be talking to Bonnie, and it was a big yes. And I followed that yes, and now we've been married for thirty-two years. Wow. <laughs> So it was like I, I, my, I just wasn't fooling my guidance. You know, my guidance said yes, Bonnie, right from the beginning. When I saw her, I knew this is the one. And yet uh, this other woman sort of tempted me mm-hmm. away, even though I was saying no, no, no. And I even said, no, you have to go away. But she kept coming back and coming <laughs> back and offering more. And uh, so I got, I got seduced. And uh, that was really important for me to know. Uh, to experience the differences, and that was a, a big teaching point in my life, which is to realize the, you know, later on in life I discovered the whole male and female energies. It's the male energy inside of me was pursuing Bonnie, and that was the big yes for me, and the female part of me was, how can I say no to somebody who's doing all these things for me? <laughs> ah. But I'm a man, so I need to follow always that part of me that wants to pursue. So that was that was one. And another one, I, I just, it was recent, but it was, um, I have a ranch where I teach seminars and uh, sometimes do. And uh, I had caretakers, this is 10 years ago, and they were, you know, they were kind of dying people and, and needed a place to live. And so I, I, I felt compassion and I wanted to help them and I helped them. And I, they were, had hepatitis and I helped heal that and gave them a job and they worked at my ranch and they were extremely, extremely happy. And then after about five years, I stopped teaching many of my courses up there. So I wasn't up there that much. My influence on them had lessened, and they became drug addicts again. And they couldn't do anything. They weren't doing their job. So I took pity, and I, I said, okay, just live up here, and that's okay, and, and tell me when things break, and I'll pay for anybody to fix it. And so I did that. And, and so I was paying them for doing nothing. And over those last then for five years, I paid them basically for doing nothing except finding other people that I would pay to do what they used to do. And I, the whole time, I felt like I should, you know, I'm not doing them a service by paying them for doing nothing. It's not going to build their self-esteem. And I should let them go. I should tell them it's time to move on. I want, to, I want somebody else who do the job. And yet I, I felt guilty because I have more than them and I felt sorry for them. So I kept paying them the money and kept them there. So finally, it just got ridiculous, and, and I, I said, you know, it's time to go. And they smiled, because they, they sort of set me up, and they, they said, oh, you're firing us? I said, no, I'm just letting you go. And, uh, <laughs> and next day, I got a 30-page lawsuit for a million dollars for mistreating these people for 10 years. Wow. Uh, they just made up a story of... Um, that, uh, that I made them work 12 hours a day, seven days a week. And, and of course, I can't disprove that because I was never there for those five years very much. And so it was, it was ridiculous. And, and California is very litigious. 
But I knew for those five years, I shouldn't be, I should let them go. I should let them go. I, I shouldn't keep them. But I went against the yes inside of me that told me what to do. I didn't follow my guidance. And boy, I got a big, big lesson on that one. And that, you know, it's kind of like the old saying, no good deed goes unpunished. Well, <laughs> lots of good deeds, you know, turn out fine. But when your guidance says, you know, it's not, not right for me to do this, and you do it out of guilt, because I just felt, I felt guilty having more, and that's a big lesson for me. You know, when you have a lot, uh, you, you sometimes feel guilty uh, having more, and I let go of it big time. It was a very strenuous lawsuit for my wife and for me, and so we learned. We learned, you know, how to say no <laughs> and, and follow the right guidance to say yes in the right place. Yeah, that is a very, very very big story very very big lesson you have there yeah um, yeah so what's what's a time when you had a clear yes and and right out of the box you just followed it well i'll tell the wonderful story of men are from mars when we're from venus <clears throat> the uh uh, you know, I had two books before Minute from Mars. Minute from Mars is over-the-top, gigantic success and uh, phenomenal success. But prior to that, I had two books, and they weren't that successful, but they were okay. The first one, no publisher would take me. Uh, I, I was selling it out of bookstores by driving it around myself and in my seminars. And the second book uh, was a friend of mine had a small publishing house. And uh, he introduced me to a small distributor, and they were willing to carry my product. So this small distributor uh, was carrying my book. Nobody else would. I couldn't get an agent, couldn't get a publisher to show interest in me. And this small distributor, they sold 50,000 of my, my first book on gender, which was called Men, Women, and Relationships. And uh, then an agent called me up and said, this is an amazing book. People are talking about your book. I, I want to become your agent. I can sell this to New York. I went, what? And he said, yeah, I can get you a New York publisher. They're already interested, and I can sell this. And I was so excited. Bonnie and I were thrilled. This was my dream to have a big New York publisher because, you know, people didn't do a lot of self-publishing then. We didn't have Amazon and mm -hmm. all that. We needed a publisher, and this is HarperCollins, big publisher, and some other ones were all interested. So this is the agent. She says, this is, do you want to do it? And I said, of course I want to do it. This is great. So I called up my dis dis distributor, and I said, good news, you know, New York's going to take on my book. And then they said, well, that's good news to you, but not good news to us. I said, what do you mean? And they said, every time we have a book that, you know, surfaces as a successful book, New York takes it away, and we don't get to carry it to greater success. And, of course, then they get less money, and they don't get the prestige. So I went, oh, my gosh, so I'm going to disappoint them, and I'm going to get my way. And But still, it was like, this was my dream. So... The president of the company, I was talking to him at the distribution house, and he said, well, let us, will you come into the office and we'll make a proposal because we think we can do just as good as HarperCollins. And I said, okay, I'll come into the meeting. And I'm sitting in the meeting. I asked all my friends about it. Everybody said, no, you should go with New York. You should go with New York. Even my wife, you should go with New York. This is your dream. And there wasn't any legal contract that I had to stay with my distribution company. And in my mind, I thought, well, I could give them a share of the profit because they helped me get going. And, and so, but I went to the meeting, they made the presentation. And while the president was talking, he was talking and he says, so will you stay with us? And during that time, I felt his voice became the voice of my little brother, Jimmy. It's like my brother's spirit came into the room. Now, my brother Jimmy 
was bipolar and eventually shot himself. And he had a big impact in my life. Um, I had been a monk, and I stopped being a monk to help my brother. Uh, learned, I learned psychology to help my brother with bipolar, and it didn't help. But uh, anyway, so then he eventually shot himself, and now I'm in this room, and I'm, I'm feeling the presence of my brother. And when I did my healing, you know, when somebody kills themselves, you go through a healing process. You feel like, what more could I have done? And I realized with my little brother, he always looked up to me, but he didn't have someone looking up to him. And I made a promise in my heart that I would never forget the people that helped me in my life because he had helped me, and yet I wasn't ever looking up to him, although I was a good brother and so forth. But there was a clear, heartfelt lesson I'd learned in commitment to not hurt the people that helped me or to help support them. And so suddenly here was this situation where this person was like my little brother who looked up to me and helped me. Well, how was I going to help him? So in that moment, I felt my brother's presence. I felt my love for him, and I just simply said yes. Keep the book, Men, Women, and Relationships. And my agent went shocked. My wife was shocked. And then we walked away from the meeting. And they were like, what are you going to do? And I remember standing in the elevator. And it was a clear moment, a moment that changed my life. It was so clear. My agent said, what are you going to do? And then I said, I'll write another book. And the agent said, you can write another book? I said, I can write a better book. And I had 100% confidence that I had within me a better book, and that was Men Are From Mars, Women Are From Venus. Mm. So that was a turning point in my life that came from my inner guidance of saying yes from a place of love, and then the awareness within the yes, what am I going to do now, came forth the next step on my journey that changed my life. That is a fantastic story, John. And I, I love how you just wrap that up, because it is. It's like, until you say the first yes, the next yes doesn't reveal itself. But instantly you're like, oh, I'll just write a better book. And, and I did. It's yeah. the only book I've written effortlessly. <laughs> nice. Effortlessly. Excellent. Excellent. Well, thank you so much for sharing those stories. Those are super, super helpful. You're very welcome. Intimacy expert who inspires open-hearted living with delicious sass, Alana Pratt, shared a great story of how following her yes brought her to Japan and ultimately kick-started her wonderful career. Well, Alana, thank you again for an absolutely amazing interview. That was sensational. Such great, great information there. And I, I would love to ask you to, to support us even further, if you would. And, and what I mean by that is I would love to explore the power of following our yes. And, and I'd like to ask you to share a time in your life when, well, maybe you didn't do that so good. You really didn't follow your yes. Maybe in the moment, you didn't even realize you had one. <laughs> when you look back, you're like, okay, that was pretty clear. My gut was telling me exactly what to do. I still didn't do it. Tell uh -huh. us about that time. Well, he, he was tall, dark, and handsome, Ken. <laughs> and he was a multimillionaire. And he told me he loved me. And I had done no work yet on my daddy issues and I was insecure and I wanted to be safe and secure. And I said, yes. And I had the big, you know, expensive wedding. I had the big rock on my finger. I had all, you know, the nice dress, the whole thing. And I remember saying my vows to him and I don't even think I knew what love was yet, Ken, but I said, yes, I will marry you. But I remember crying, sad tears. Normally it's like emotional, happy tears, but mine were sad. And while we gave it our best for six years, it ended in divorce. 
And so I, I knew something was off, but I just couldn't find the clarity, the strength, um, or the truth to, to do what was true for me at the time. Yeah. And you know, thank you for sharing that. And here's the part that might surprise some of our listeners. If you've been listening to this show for a long time, it won't surprise you because you've heard this. So many of my guests have said the same thing. Where they knew when they were saying I do that they didn't. And yet they didn't follow it for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. let's flip I, this around. I also, oh, go ahead. Okay. No, I was just going to say that even though I could call that um, a mistake or I could say that I didn't follow my truth, there's still such beautiful lessons if we can forgive ourselves yes. and and turn that around to what was right about that. Where, where did I grow? What was the gift? And and so we can always look back um, with with gratitude for the lesson, gratitude for the journey. Absolutely. Absolutely. So. Share with us a time when when you did follow your yes. So not only was it crystal clear for you, you went, yeah, and I'm, that's the action I'm taking. Tell us that story. Well, I didn't want to be a pharmacist like my dad, and I didn't want to be a teacher like my mom. So I went to college for business. And after I got a D in quantitative methods, I'm like, okay, this is not for me. <laughs> what I really wanted to do was be a dancer since I was five years old. I was a dancer. So I quit college, much to my parents' chagrin. And I said, Uncle Phil, I know you go down to LA once once a month on your big 18-wheeler semi. I'm coming. I'll, I'll bake you chocolate chip cookies if you'll take me. So he took me, and I went for it and I, I failed. I, I was good enough as a dancer to be like, you know, in Disneyland or a cruise line, but I just didn't have the visa. So then I finally auditioned for a show in Japan and I moved there and I lived there for four years and made in a year more money than both of my parents combined. I was so proud of myself that I went with my yes in the face of a hell of a lot of no's and judgment <laughs> from everybody around me. Yeah, absolutely. And you're right. I mean, not just family and so on. It's it's culture. It's what's the next step in a normal, successful life. It's all those different things. And instead, clearly, part of that was not bake some chocolate chip cookies and hop in a truck and go to L.A. So, yeah, that's that's fantastic. That is awesome. So I'm, I'm curious, if you don't mind, I would love to know, how do you recognize your yes versus your mind trying to convince you of something? Such a great freaking question because I didn't really access it until I had left and moved over to Tokyo. There was apparently billions of people that didn't believe God was a guy with a beard in the sky. And I'm like, really? Talk to me. And so I learned about all these different religions and all these different spiritual practices uh, when I was living in Asia and traveling through Africa and all these places. And I started to learn about trusting the sensations in my body of light and heavy expansive, contractive, light, like literally life force energy filling me up and and blossoming me like a flower or life force energy draining out of me and I felt like I was withering um, on a vine. And probably being a dancer, I had uh, a good connection to that to start with. But that is how I listen to my yes and my no. And if I just still can't get quiet enough and get out of my head, I'll literally dance and I'll say, body, show me. Show me what this choice feels like. And then and then I stop and then I say, show me what that choice feels like. And it's just clear as a bell. That's awesome. Such a great guidance. 
Thank you to all my guests for sharing their stories of the benefits of following their yes. And for you listening, I invite you to take what you just heard about the importance of following your yes and apply it to what you heard this week on the show. Chances are there was something that clicked for you when you were listening to our interviews this week. What I invite you to do is to implement it. It doesn't matter if it's changing a behavior or a belief you've been operating from. Maybe it's looking into one of the resources or books that our guests recommended. Whatever your yes was from the material you heard from our guests this week, take it and act on it. And if you missed any of the interviews this week, simply go to speakingofpartnership.com and enter the guest's name in the search bar. It'll take you directly to the recording of their interview. You can view their show notes and find all the links to the resources they mentioned. Follow Your Yes Friday is all about you taking the next two days and applying something that you learned on the show this week. Follow up on something that caught your attention, where you thought, man, this is good. This, this could really make a difference in my life. Whatever that yes was, this is your compass telling you this is your best path. So follow it. From all of us here at Speaking of Partnership, we invite you to take your yes and take action on it today. Peace. Thank you for listening to Speaking of Partnership. Head over to speakingofpartnership.com for links and recaps of every show and so much more. I release a brand new episode every Monday through Friday, so make sure you don't miss a single show. Go to your favorite podcast directory, search for Speaking of Partnership, and click subscribe. Like what you hear? Leave us a rating and review on Stitcher and iTunes. The greatest compliment you can give the show is to refer us to someone else, either in person or on the web. Have a great day, and remember, even when you stumble, you're still moving forward. Peace.